us up with a word of prayer also. Father, thank you for such a beautiful but hot day. Uh, I pray that you help us keep cool today. I pray that you uh, speak through me, Father. I pray that you open the hearts of everyone here. I thank you for this congregation, and I pray that the glory goes to you and not to me. I love you, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Johnny invited me uh, to go fishing when I got home uh, from college, and I was I was worn out. I was uh, a little mentally stressed from all the seven ten page uh, research papers and and uh, all the reading, not just scripture, but good books, a lot of reading and. And a trip, a guy's trip to do some fishing sounded really nice, so we, we went for it. We loaded up the poles. Um, he invited Landon and I to go to Master's Dam, and we got some worms. And on the way, he informed me that Master's Dam, I, I've never been there before. I've heard a lot about it growing up, but he informed me that Master's Dam had a lot of fish. And so I was, I'm still not sure I've caught my first fish. So I was, I was expecting to, to catch a ton of fish, but we got there. And we cast some lines for a couple hours, and, and it was really nice. I mean, just uh, sitting by the lake and, and God's creation, it was, it was very nice. And, and after a couple hours, um, Johnny reeled in. He tallied up three decent-sized little bass. Uh, Landon caught his first fish of the day, and I caught some moss, or as Austin likes to call them, sea dragons. So I realized that day I'm just not a good fisherman, and I'm perfectly okay with that. I'll, I'll catch on one of these days, but... Um, as Christians, it's important that we are fishers of man. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So if you would open up to Luke 5, we're going to read 1 through 11. Um, a little bit of background before I start reading. Uh, we're in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. So Jesus is just starting his ministry. He's just gathering a crowd of people to follow him. And, and as some of your Bibles may say, he gathers his first disciples. This one says, uh, provides a miraculous catch of fish. Um, but let's go ahead and read 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that's also the Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partner in the other boat to come and help them. And when they came, they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. I love they left their lives behind to follow Jesus, and that's, that's what we should do. Just forget about everything. Set your sights on Jesus. And as I was preparing this sermon, Johnny told me a story about when he was at Ozark Christian College, and he, um, he was in between cars at the time. He needed a ride somewhere to work or something, and, and he was asking some of the guys on the dorm floor if he could use their car, and he said a lot of them didn't have a problem with it, but he remembers 
uh, specifically, one of his buddies, Adam, said these exact words. He said, Johnny, you can, you're, you're more than welcome to take my car, man. That's, that's not even my car. And, and Johnny said, well, I, I don't think I want to take it if it's, if it's not your car. But he said, it's not my car, it's God's car. I know that's a little cheesy, um, but that's, that's what Peter, there are three, kind of three stages to Peter's faith in this, in this small amount of text. Number one, when he lets Jesus use his boat. And number two, when he puts out into deep water. That takes a little more faith, and he, he kind of argues with that a little bit. And then ultimately in the end, when he just gives everything to Jesus and, and leaves everything to follow him. Um, so when he lets uh, Jesus use his boat, he doesn't give any conflict about that. He, he lets him use it because Jesus, he has a lot of followers um, and there's a crowd of people around him. And so he needs, as you can imagine, it's kind of hard to, hard to uh, preach in a crowd of people around you. There's people behind you and in front of you as they're crowded around him, it says. So he, he needed kind of a pulpit to speak from and that's what Peter's boat was. It was a pulpit that Jesus could speak from. Um, Last week, I helped my grandma Donna move to Indianapolis, and on the way out, she told me a story that I remember multiple times growing up about a time when the family was moving to, they were in Arizona, and they were moving somewhere. And so there were two vehicles, and my grandpa Roger was in the truck, pickup truck leading the way, and then my grandma Donna, and this was a long time ago, and my dad and my uncle Ryan were little tykes, and they, the three of them were in this big uh, cargo van pulling a trailer uh, following him and they're going down the side of a mountain in Arizona and Grandma Donna said as she was driving she looked in the rearview mirror and seeing that the trailer began to sway back and forth a little bit and she was she was pretty spooked and her she said that her instinct was to hit the brakes to get this thing to stop but that is not what she she heard a voice in the back of her head that she is certain that it was the voice of God. And she, she made it clear that she's not one to hear voices, but she was sure that it was the voice of God saying, accelerate. Um, and so she did, and it, she said it saved their bacon because they pulled off the side of the road, and uh, Grandpa Roger got out of the truck, and he was mad like, what, you about ran me off the road? But she explained the situation, and it was good. So if we just slow down in life and, and enjoy, like I said at, at the lake, just, just slow down and enjoy God's creation every once in a while. and. And, and speak to God um, before you make big decisions. Um, go to God and pray before big decisions, and He will guide you. God will, will always guide you if you just give everything to Him. Um, if, we, if you look, um, another point, if you look that it was in deep water that, that the nets were filled to breaking point, um, we have to quit hugging the shore, as William McDonald says in his uh, Bible commentary. We have to quit hugging the shore and put out into full surrender's tide, into deep water, to let Jesus do real big works in our life. And if we jump on down to uh, verse 5, um, before we read Peter's response, when Jesus says to put out into deep water, I want to point out that uh, you got to know a little bit about Peter. Um, to appreciate his response here. Peter's kind of an outspoken guy. It's, he, he really kept his cool when he replied here. It's, if I was to illustrate this, I would say um, last year, at the, let's say at the state football game, um, I go up to Coach Jasper at halftime and, and, and Troy's winning and I say, I go up to Coach and I say, listen, uh, Coach, look, I know, uh, I know Troy is uh, winning here, but hey, I've got a, I got a couple play ideas for you. He's going to look at me 
and he's going to say, Colton, you've never played football a day in your life. Get out of here. <laughs> but uh, this is a little different, but, but Peter keeps his cool. He doesn't say, Jesus, you're not a fisherman because Jesus is a carpenter and he's telling Peter how to fish. Um, he, he addresses who he's talking to in verse 5. He says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And look what happened when he did listen to Jesus. Um, one last story, and I will be done here. Uh, this is a sh- very short sermon. It's, it's my first, but uh, it's a lot of, get out of here a lot earlier than when Tim preaches, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Matt Proctor told a story during his benediction at Ozark. Uh, he, Matt Proctor is the president of Ozark Christian College, um, and he told a story about an African missionary by the name of um, Milton Cunningham. And in this story, Milton Cunningham was getting on an airplane to go somewhere, and as he sat, he put his luggage, he put his carry-on away, and he sat down, and he, he says he had the dreaded middle seat, and we all know what that's, if you're the only person there, that could be awkward sometimes, but... Uh, he said he had the dreaded middle seat, and so he, he sat down and he pulled out a book to begin to read. And, and after a couple minutes, he had a little tug on the sleeve. And he noticed that to his left in the window seat, there was a little 12-year-old girl with, with Down syndrome. And so he had a little tug on the sleeve after a couple minutes of reading. And the little girl looked at him and said, Mister, did you brush your teeth this morning? <laughs> he said, well, yes, yes, I, I did brush my teeth. She said, good, you should brush your teeth every morning. He said, that's, that's very good. And so, he went back to reading, and after a couple minutes, another tug on the sleeve, and she said, Mister, do you smoke? He said, No, no, I don't smoke. She said, Good, because smoking kills people. <laughs> then he went back to reading his book, and after a couple minutes, one last tug, and she said, Mister, do you love Jesus? He said, Oh, sweetheart, I, I do. I love Jesus with all my heart. And he went back, and she, oh, she said, she said, uh, Good, because Jesus loves everybody, and everybody should love Jesus. And he went back to reading his book, and as, as the last uh, few passengers were getting on the plane, he said a guy sat in the aisle seat, and Milton Cunningham says this guy had businessman written all over him. He had the power suit, the power tie, the briefcase, the whole nine yards. And so he sat down, and he pulled out his, bri- or his uh, laptop and started pounding away. Milton went back to reading his book, and a little tug on the sleeve, and she said, ask him if he brushed his teeth this morning. <laughs> She says, I, I, don't, I don't know this guy. I really don't, uh, I don't think he wants to be bothered. He looks very busy. She said, ask him. Oh, she was getting ad- agitated, so he figured he'd better do something. So he, uh, he said, sir, my, uh, my newfound friend here, he leaned back so he could size up the situation. He said, my newfound friend here wants to know if you brushed your teeth this morning. And he, he looked disturbed. He said, huh? Yeah. He shook his head, yeah. And she said, good, you should brush your teeth every morning. So he went back to reading. He went back to typing. And... He, uh, Milton Cunningham says he had a sinking feeling that he knew where this was going. <laughs> so one, another tug on the sleeve, and, and she said, ask him if he smokes. Sir, my friend wants to know if you smoke. Oh, no, good, so smoking kills. <laughs> then one last little tug after he went back to type it, and Milton began to read, and she said, ask him if he loves Jesus. Milton Cunningham looked at the girl and said, honey, I, that's a very, very deep and personal question, and I... I don't think, I don't really want to ask him that. And she said, ask him. He said, sir, my one last question. My friend here really wants to know if you love Jesus. 
And he said in that moment the man's face got very hard and then became very very sad. And he said, well, I don't know if I believe in all that God business, but the way things are going in my life right now, I probably should. Things aren't going too well. He said, even if I wanted to, I, I don't know where I'd start. Milton Cunningham said in that moment he, with the door wide open, he, he had to go through. And, and he spent the next two hours of that flight telling, the, telling this gentleman about how he could start a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's what Jesus instructed. That was the Great Commission, to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what I encourage us as a church to do. Um, kind of an evangelistic sermon, but that's, that's what I wanted to preach on. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to preach. Um, I pray that it, um, I pray that it spoke to everyone that heard it, and I pray that you help us to make disciples um, and to to have the courage to tell somebody about you, Jesus, and how great you are, and how glorious you are, Father. We love you, and thank you for this opportunity. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Have a thank you. I just wanted to touch on one last thing. Um, I'm very blessed that I was, uh, as a lot of you know, my, my dad passed away not too long ago, and I'm, I'm perfectly okay to talk about this. Um, I was able to have conversations about Jesus with my dad, and I, I believe in my heart that he had the faith to be saved. Um, that's what brings me peace. And in his in his uh, benediction, Matt Proctor told a story about the movie We Bought a Zoo. I'm sure many of you have seen that, uh, starring Matt Damon. And in the movie, he tells his children about how he met his wife, their mom. Um, he says he was walking down the street one day, and he saw in the diner a the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen in his life. And so he says it takes... 20 seconds, it took him 20 seconds of insane courage to go strike up a conversation with her. And I, I encourage every single one of us to have just 20 seconds of insane courage. I know it's not easy, but just to ask somebody if they believe in God. That's simple and see where it goes. Or just tell somebody about Jesus. Thank you.